Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Erin, what episode are we talking about today? Season 2, episode 14. The title of this episode is Red Tape. Uh, and I forget, I think in Germany it was Requests and Thanks. Yes, Requests and Thanks. Yeah, uh, it was a pretty terrible one. But Truly IMD- terrible. IMDB synopsis. Matt is as surprised about the sudden stream of calls from girls as his sisters about the cause. A dating ad in the school paper he knew nothing about, yet the editor refuses to retract it. Simon and Ruthie try out a pet products credit card sent on Dog Happy's name. Eric abuses a health crisis of tax official Smith, who was near retirement, to make him rectify an erroneous tax debt transfer. So... What was your first impression of this one? Um, first of all, Seventh Heaven has a vendetta against the service industry because this entire episode just felt like any chance they got, whether it was like the restaurant in the first scene to the hospital, they were berating to, yeah, people to the mall. They were trying to make everybody against the service industry. Yeah, and um, it didn't work. It made me against Seventh Heaven. Yes, uh, they. All of the Camdens were being more terrible than usual. So... Actually, yeah, Lucy wasn't the worst in this episode. No, no, I actually think, like, Annie and the Rev were the worst. I'm going to say the Rev for, you know, manipulating a hospital situation like he did. Yes. Um, So we're going to do, like, scene by scene because, like, it didn't really lend its... There wasn't wasn't really storylines. The cold open starts in a brand new location for us. Harrison's, Um, which is like looks like a diner. We thought it was a diner. The menu made it look like it's a diner. It was one of those big old plastic menus with a million pages. So yeah, with like the checkered print. It was like a blue and white checkered. And it looked like it was after church because everybody was dressed up. Actually, I think they say that it was after church. So the Camdens are there for lunch. Um, And I don't know why. Like Annie is really disgusted with all the kids' behavior, but I think they were just. Kind of, they don't really go out to restaurants very frequently, so I think they're probably acting pretty standard. But basically, and we find out that they're there because um, the Rev has been volunteering at a food, food bank. bank that Mr. Harrison, who the, is the proprietor of Harrison's, apparently runs the food bank as well. So for the Rev's help, he gave them like coupons for a free lunch. Um, so they've decided to use those coupons to come out and eat. They get seven free coupons for the seven Camdens. Seventh heaven. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a scene, there's like a brief scene where everybody's trying to figure out what they want to eat. Um, Simon wants surf and turf, but surf and turf is only sold on Fridays. Um, Ruthie just wants ice cream, which I'm in favor of. We have Lucy's wearing Mary's sweater, which kind of starts like the that they, part of... They start like arguing, and I think that's like part of when Annie gets angry because... I don't know. She's like telling them they shouldn't. They need to behave themselves at the restaurant. I don't know. So kids are then picking on Matt because Matt's not getting a phone call from, from Dina Nash, who we don't actually see in this episode. She's just a figure. Oh, and we'll never hear of her again. Just by the way, <laughs> great. Because <I'll>, we do. <laughs> great. I was really hoping that was going to continue in the next episode. Maybe we'd get something about Dina Nash, but I guess not. No, we Spoiler unfortunately alert. haven't heard the last <laughs> of Heather. Um. So wait, what? Who? Heather? Oh, Heather, Heather. Yeah, no, she's... I thought you said Hiller, and I was like, who the fuck is Hiller? No. 
Um, so, so anyway, yeah. they're all for some. I, like I can't even remember why Annie, but Annie's angry at them. But anyway, the waitress comes over. The waitress is named Harriet. Yes, and they are all trying to, like, Mary orders something, and instead of mashed potatoes, she wants French fries, and like Harriet's like, no substitutions, no replacements or something. I don't know. She says. She's got, like, two different things that she says, like, you can't do that most restaurants, especially, like, if it was, like, a diner-type place, would do just because they serve, like, so much crap. So then the Rev orders something, and he's like, oh, well, that's good because mine comes with French fries. Swordfish comes with French fries, but the the whatever. Who cares what Mary ordered? She wanted French fries. Oh, the, uh, the fried chicken doesn't. Fried oh. chicken comes with mashed potatoes. Um, they were just going to switch it out. They just wanted their, like, sides. Of on a separate fries. plate. And this bitch was like, no. I, you, it comes on the plate with the entree. And I was like, this, she's being exceptionally difficult. So then... Um, they say somehow it comes up that they have the coupons after a little bit more of a little more hijinks with Basically, the ordering. You, you can't have breakfast at, uh, if it's uh, breakfast oh, yeah, time. Yeah, Simon wants pancakes. You can't have the early bird special unless you're an early bird. Uh, so basically, yes. Uh, they, she's like, oh, you should have said you had coupons. The coupons, though, are only for a free, like, blue plate special. Which is liver and onions. It's grilled liver and onions, Erin. Come on. Sorry. All right, so. And then, so they order seven plates of grilled liver yeah, onions. Yeah, because Annie is, like, fed up, and she's like, we're going to eat it, and we're going to be happy about it. But basically, nev- no one's ever had this type of experience in a restaurant. And if they had, they would have walked away. Right. This woman was so terrible to them. And I really hope that since they had coupons that they did not leave her a tip. But they should have just left because this guy kind of sucks if these are the coupons he's giving away to the Rev. Uh, But that's really the cold open. That's it, yeah. So then after it's the next morning. Yes, the next morning. And all the kids are at uh, coming down for breakfast. And they're each kind of like, like Simon comes down and he puts his hand out for toast. And he doesn't say like, please or anything. So Annie makes him say like. Please. Then- oh, we forgot to mention. I'm sorry. During the cold open, um, Ruthie's playing with her food, which in, like she's playing with the salt or the sugar on the table. But then Tabasco. She's, yeah, she's playing with the t- t- Tabasco sauce, and she like spills the Tabasco sauce on the sweater Lucy's wearing, which, as we said earlier, is actually Mary's sweater. And Mary hadn't even worn it yet. But uh, so then, oh yeah, because then Lucy comes down and she says something about like, oh, mom will get the stain out of the sweater. And then Annie is like, I didn't hear you ask me, or I don't like the way that I was asked. So then Lucy asks her, and then she's like, no, you borrowed it without asking, and now you have to clean it. Uh, But basically the theme of the morning is she sits all the kids down for breakfast and says, I'm sick and tired of how this family doesn't use manners. All I want is to people to start saying please and thank you. Um, The kids don't really take it seriously. Neither does the Rev. Um, and then for some reason they all... Oh, wait. First of all, Annie says, I don't know when our family spun out of control when talking about the fact that the kids are not saying please and thank you. Yeah. Um, while the Rev and Annie are having this conversation, the kids are downstairs and decide to throw bread at each other. I have no idea why. They all just start throwing bread at each other. And it's like she made some like really good-looking muffins, and they're throwing the muffins at each other, and then they're throwing pieces of toast at each other. And it's like, I want that food <laughs> why are you throwing it um annie has gotten to her head that if people say please and thank you and if the world more... would be a better place no no no, not even that it's if everyone were polite and considerate then there wouldn't be a food shortage <laughs> oh yes because oh, um 
so her priority is that everybody say please and thank you, but the rev's priority is working at the food bank. And he's and she's very upset that like the rev isn't taking her issues as priority, but that's her like food shortage thing. Um <laughs> So, so the next thing I when have the written, rev is like probably doing actually doing more to help people who need food. Uh, the next thing I have is the introduction of Clarence. Unless you have something before that, no. Nope. Okay. So uh, the rev is at the food bank, uh, which again is a, there's a lot of food. Anyway, I was really hungry during this episode. Um, Clarence comes up. Clarence is a kid who is played <laughs> by Gary Leroy Gray. Um, who, you can recognize him. He's very familiar looking. He, yes, he uh, was on Even Stevens. For yes. a bunch of episodes. Um, also, he's the voice of uh, Sam on Rocket Power and AJ from Fairly Odd Parents. Uh. If, so he's like very familiar with that scene. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Clarence comes in looking for some beanie weenies, which it took me a really long time to figure out what they were, but Aaron explained them to be beanies and weenies. So beans and, and hot, like, dogs, hot dogs pieces yeah. in, in a can, which sounds disgusting. Uh, so we find out that Clarence comes every day to pick up a can of Beanie Weenies. And we finally, we see Mr. Harrison. Yeah. And I can't believe that the Rev is still going back there and helping this guy out after the kind of shitty thing he did with the coupons. Um, the Rev asks uh, Mr. Harrison about Clarence. Uh, as I said, Clarence comes every day. He's no trouble. They just give him a can of beans. He walks away. The Like, I guess the... The thing that we get from this is Clarence is very polite. He constantly says, please, and thank you. And he gets what he wants, and nobody says anything. But then Mr. Harrison tells the Rev that he's, like, nosy, and he's like, I know you want to follow him and, like, find out his story or whatever. So uh, Mr. Harrison is like, okay, go. Like, we don't need you to help anymore. Go stalk this kid. Um, Um, We're back at the school for a bit now uh, because Mary and Lucy are looking at the school newspaper. Um... And they see a personal ad, which is something like, uh, looking for a girl to spend senior year with, um, call, and then it's the Camden's number. And ask for Matt. And they're like, oh my god, Matt's put out a personal ad, uh, looking for a girlfriend or a companion or something. Um, so they're all like, oh, this is so pathetic. Um, and then Matt walks by, and instead of like asking Matt about it, they... Just look at him, and like he, he's like, oh, people are looking at me weird today, and they act like they have no idea why. Um, which is it? Which is furthers the episode. Like they could have had this conversation now instead of having it like three scenes later when it actually happens. I think the next scene between all three of them is it, when they talk actually, about it. Yeah, um, so they get rid of they. They like it's not like a point of they don't pretend that they don't know what it is. Um, we're back at the house for the next episode, just following up on this next Matt's episode. personal ad. I'm sorry, in the next scene. In following up on, like, Matt's personal ad because he's getting a phone call from someone asking for him, presumably from the school because it's a school na- newspaper, but they're in school as well. It's, like, in the afternoon. Right, like, someone, like, used a payphone at school to call someone who placed an ad in this, like, that clearly goes to the school with them. And so Annie's like, uh, sorry, Matt's still at school, but she takes down a message. The point of this scene, though, is that she's checking the mail, and Happy has a credit card. From Eddie Bowser, which is obviously a very clever play on Eddie Bauer, I guess. Uh, I actually don't even know what the reference is. Eddie Bauer, it's like it's a very white people thing. Oh, sorry. Don't, sorry. Don't, no idea what that you is. You would have never, <laughs> ever been to an Eddie Bauer store. I don't even I, think... I have I, many items from Eddie Bauer. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it's... It's a white people store. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Eddie Bowser, she's like, oh, 
happy. I don't know. She throws it away. Anyway, which, it's just dog acting. It's a chance to see happy acting. That's all it is. Yeah. Arguably the best uh, actor on the show. Um, now we're back to the Rev, who has followed Clarence in his van, like, minivan, which uh, I just realized is pretty creepy, because it's not even, he's not driving regularly, he's, real like, slow. real slow in the, quote, bad part of town. Where we actually see a prostitute, yeah. like, there's, it's not, they, they didn't pull any punches here, it was... <laughs> yeah, there was a prostitute hanging around in a corner. We and hit. Clarence is just skipping down the street, going home past the prostitute and the homeless man with the cans. Um... The Rev leaves the car, follows him, runs straight into two very big men. One of them is wearing sunglasses, and... They're, like, not letting the Rev through, um, and so the Rev, like, apparently carries his Bible with him everywhere, or is, like, in the van, or with with him in the van, because he lifts the Bible up, like, above him as a shield of some sort, and the guy, like, takes his sunglasses off a little, reads that it says the Holy Bible, puts them back on, and then walks away. And they let him go. And I'm like, are they vampires that they can't, like... What the hell? I think like the Rev just carries that as like his like get it like no one will hurt me if I show them that I'm a minister like and apparently it people works. People would feel too bad. Um, it, it works. Uh, he goes to Clarence uh, Clarence's door. Uh, Clarence opens up but like, leaves the chain on as you should. Um, and, <laughs> and he, the Rev anyway it ends up happening that his mom isn't home so the Rev sits outside of the door at Clarence's request to keep him company until his mom comes home. Yeah, and we learn, he's like, oh, my mom takes care of me, she leaves me food, but I just like something that, like, tastes, like, the Beanie Weenies are just, like, his little snack, like, uh, so. His after-dinner dinner. dinner. Yeah, Um, second dinner. We're back at home again, Uh, I think this time we're with uh, Ruthie and Simon, so Ruthie and Simon's story, No, 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 it it hasn't happened yet. First, um, Simon takes, we see Simon taking out the trash, um, and very conveniently, but not realistic at all the trash bag is not tied off at the top so when he the trash can's like a little bit taller than him so when he kind of like slings it over his shoulder into the can um the some of the contents of the yeah yeah, like yeah some of the trash falls out and one of it is one of the things is the eddie bowser uh catalog with the credit card which I don't know if this is, like, common practice in your household, but, like, in my household, anytime we, we cut get... cut it up. Yeah, yeah you yeah. cut it up. You're supposed to cut all that shit up. Like, Hi- hijinks. And so first, the like, it's just plot devices, the trash bag not being tied and the card not being cut up. Yeah. Anyway, so Simon brings the card in um, with... with, like, Ruthie, and they're they're having... They're looking at it, they're debating, like, oh, it's in Happy's name, does it even work... We should just see if it works. So they call the number and they activate the card and then they order dog boots, rain boots, rain booties. Um, and then I just like to point out in this scene that Ruthie is wearing a. Re- I don't know. She was ha- she was having like a very she had like, like an co- ascot on. It was very fashionable. She, yeah, it was a blue ascot, but then she was also wearing like a hot pink vest. Vest, yeah. So like it was just the color scheme was very weird. She looked like a. I was going to say a Crayola crayon, or like a box of Crayolas. Not just one crayon. <laughs> Many crayons. Um, we, so now well, Simon has to call back to cancel the order. They called to see if they could make an order to see if the card worked. But now they're going to call back to cancel it because nobody's going to pay for it, obviously. And then the lady is like, you have to be 18. Well, first, it's all automated when they make place the order. So obviously to cancel it, they have to speak to a person. And the lady is like, you have to be 18 for me to talk to you, and the lady who plays, 
don't oh. know if you want to do this now. Like, there's several yeah. interactions with her. Oh, and she is also terrible in the theme of the fact that the waitress was awful. And now, now the, the, the operator is awful. Uh, yeah. So the oper- operator, I actually didn't get her name from IMDb, but the operator is the voice of Sandy from SpongeBob and also the voice of Cindy from Jimmy Neutron. So it seems like Clarence and the operator uh, spent a lot of time at Nickelodeon. Yes. Um, so she's annoying. She hangs up on Simon and Ruthie, and then they're like, oh, crap. These boots are coming. These uh, boots were made for wearing by Happy. Yeah. Um, I think somewhere... There, there was more dog acting. Yeah. I think there's, like, some somewhere in between there. Um, Matt comes home, and he's like, oh, you have a lot of phone calls. He's confused why that's happening. He's like, oh, I know. Let me go talk to my sisters, Mary and Lucy. Um Mary and Lucy show him the ad. They actually are, when he walks into their room, they're, like, holding the paper, like, looking at it, because what else would they be doing? No, actually, I think what's happening in that scene is Mary's yelling at Lucy about the sweater, because... Oh, yeah. Probably. But... I don't know. This uh, episode is bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But Matt comes in, sees the ad. We realize Matt didn't place it. Matt thinks Lucy and Mary placed it. They haven't placed it either. He needs to go fix it. So there's, like, that going on. Um, this then leads to, um, I think, Lucy sitting on top of a washing machine reading a Teen Vogue Something. Thing. I don't think it was a Teen Vogue. But I don't know. It was, like, know. a Teen Something it magazine. It was, like, some off, you know, Teen Magazine. Um, uh. Yeah, and she apparently put the uh, sweater in the dryer as per the instructions. Despite, well, Mary thought the instructions said well, they had to be washed by hand, but it right. was, like, dryer to fluff. And when they pull it out, it is, like, Miniaturized. size. Yeah, it's very That's tiny. really, they should have just given it to Ruthie. <laughs> um, I don't even think it would fit Ruthie. It didn't look like it would fit. It looked like it would fit maybe, like, a chihuahua. Oh, maybe they should have given it to Happy. A chihuahua. Puppies. <laughs> Happy's not. Happy's puppies. <laughs> the ones that we haven't heard from. They're probably do- they're full grown now. Um, so... Mary freaks out, and then she tells Lucy she's got to return it or exchange it or something because for some reason they think that even though that the sweater has been worn and washed, that they can bring it back to the store because they followed the instructions on the label for washing it, but it still destroyed it. So that sets up another whatever. Yeah. We'll but get bef- back to that. Yeah, but before that happens, uh, we meet Clarence's mother, who, can Plot you guess twist. who it is? It's the waitress it's from Harriet. Harrison's. It's Harriet the Harriet waitress from Harrison's. Uh, actually, I liked this scene until I saw who the waitress, who the mother was, because she, the, this woman just started hitting the rev for sitting outside of her son, like her apartment door, and like, talking to her son, yeah, staring in the door at her son. It's like, what, uh, what is this creep doing here? But then the rev holds up his Bible to show that he's not evil, <laughs> and the, she's like, "Oh my God, you're a minister. I can't." And then, and then he's like, Harriet, and then she's like, seven blue plate specials. Um, and then, I don't know, we, I don't know if this even happens in the same scene, but I just want to get yeah, it out let's of the talk, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we find out that Harriet works, two, they like live in the rough part of town. Um, oh, first the Rev says something about, rough-looking people. Right. Like, oh, I came to keep him company because there were a lot of um, rough-looking people. Whatever that means. Yeah, uh, I don't know what kind of point they were trying to make with that just because it just seemed inherently racist. Yes. <laughs> is what it was. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. 
basically, we learn that uh, Harriet is a ninth grade teacher, uh, but she has to supplement her income by being a waitress because three years ago she met a man who she married. Uh, who cared for... We, we were supposed to, I think, gather that before this, she, they led like a comfortable life, but this guy, she was like, they were going to get married, and then the one day he left because to go mail their joint tax return and he never came back and then the IRS started coming after her because he hadn't paid taxes in like many years so they came after her to collect this guy's taxes which I don't really think is a thing um and apparently he's he was still married to his first wife so their marriage wasn't legal but because of all this she like tried to fight she tried to fight uncle sam and the irs but she couldn't so she had to move to this rundown place and take the job waiting tables and being horrible while she's waiting tables apparently yeah and not really making many tips because she's terrible and she also says that she was awful because at that restaurant if they tell people that they can make substitutions, apparently the waitresses have to pay for it. Which I've never heard before, but okay, sure. This Harrison guy is yeah, terrible. terrible. Yeah, Mr. Exactly. Harrison is awful. So the Rev decides in all his fucking wisdom that he's going to take on the government. Because of course he's going to. And I said as soon as he says this, because he's like, give me the information about the person you spoke to. Which, like, at the, like first of all, so many... Problems with uh, obviously the name of the episode is Red Tape, so we're getting like the fact that they called it Red Tape and then there was so little red tape that really had to they encountered because the Rev is able to just find this man at the IRS. Yeah, no, so what he, yeah, so he asked for the name of the person. It's his name is Mr. Smith. He asked for the person's phone number and he's like, don't worry, I'll get to the bottom of this or I'm gonna, I'll deal with this. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, if they decide to end this episode with a rev, rev winning against the IRS, I'm going to rage. Anyway, spoiler alert. Are you alert, raging? I raged. So. Ugh. <laughs> it's, it just, okay, from this moment forward, I think the episode just gets like, Horrible. It was Everything, like, everyone acts so entitled. Yes. Ter- like, including Annie, who is the worst, and she's like, we all need to be nicer to each other. But um, everyone acts like everyone owes them something. Right. So, um, the next thing I have really written down is I think it's the morning, the next morning or the next day. When uh, Matt yeah. beats up. Well, <laughs> well yeah. But um, before that happens, he's, like, telling Annie that he needs to get to the bottom of this, like, phone thing. Um, Annie doesn't seem to really care about the fact that some random person has given out their, their pers- phone number. Their personal information is and is making like Matt out to be this desperate human being. Her again, her priorities are about please and thank you uh, because that's going to solve world hunger. Um, so Re- uh, the Rev, sorry, Matt goes to school, finds the editor. I think the editor's name is Leonard, but who the fuck knows. Uh, the editor decides... Irrelevant. He's yeah, like a weirdo. Yeah. He decides to use his First Amendment rights and not reveal his source. Uh, many things wrong with this. Despite the, f- the fact that it was like Matt's personal information that they gave out. Yeah. And it's a personal ad. It wasn't like a newspaper article. It was yeah. not... So it... it whatever. Doesn't There's nothing to be protected. protected. Yeah, exactly. But he's like, if you... And if you like decide to harass me on campus ever again, I'm going to go to the principal. Um, great. So Matt's, like, without... And then all these girls kind of, like, come and attack, like, corner him almost, and it's very strange. Now we get to uh, how the Rev decides to beat the IRS. Um, He starts by... 
Dressing up. Number one. <laughs> Dressing up. A, he goes to the building Called marked the- Federal Building. Goes inside, has a cell phone out of fucking nowhere. Decides Stands to- next to a photo of Bill Clinton. <laughs> Calls... Uh, the Mr. Smith's number. From inside the building. Very starts clever. talking to Mr. Smith and then looking into offices to see who he's, like, talking to. He goes from office to office, ha- prolonging this conversation, asking what red tape is, getting the definition of red tape, um, trying to prolong this conversation as much as possible until he finds Mr. Mr. Smith. Smith. And guess what? That person's actually named Mr. Smith. Um, oh, IRL? Oh, no. Oh, um, IRL, I don't know what he does. I didn't, I didn't bother looking him up because he, he was, doesn't look... He was some non-famous. Yeah, I, I, he didn't see... I mean, he's been in, like... He's a side character in a bunch of things, but, like, he's not important to me. Um, we're like, oh, your name's really Mr. Smith. Anyway, so he's there to talk about Harriet Fields and her case. Um, I think before that happens, though, Lucy ends up going to the store to return the sweater. And we have another example of somebody in the service industry being horrible to one of the Camdens. But also, they're being horrible for thinking that they could return the sweater right. that they no, exactly. wore and washed. Um, what we have is Lucy trying to return it or trying to get store credit or something, uh, getting a new sweater to replace. And she's like, it very clearly says on the sign that you can only return... With a receipt. With a receipt. They didn't yeah, like re- this woman doesn't even make an issue of the fact no. that it's been worn. Like, you, if you give me a receipt, I'll be able to return it to you, but that's not how it works. Lucy walks away She defeated. doesn't really fight it. No, because... You know, she's being, I don't know, decent for once in her life. Yeah. Well, she's very timid. She doesn't really fight people. Um, well. Well. So now we're back to Mr. Smith and the Rev. The Rev. He's just like, he explains it again, and the guy's like, I have 14 days left on the job, and then I'm retiring, and I don't feel like it. He basically says, there's so much red tape to go through to correct it. That he's like, I'm trying to be out of here in 14 days. Like, I'm not doing this. Um, and then, oh, and his boss, like, keeps, like, popping her head in to, like, make sure that he doesn't say that th- that this woman will get her money back. Uh, while this is happening, all of a sudden, he clutches his heart area. And we're, <laughs> all, led to, we're all led to believe that he's having some sort of heart Emergency. Attack. And the Rev, even though there's a desk right in front of him, what, the phone on the desk right in front of him, he, he starts yelling to everyone, call 911! And then nobody even, tr- like, moves. Even though the boss was standing right outside the door, so she could have easily just come in also and, like, helped out in the oh, situation. and then another, like, thing that was supposed to show, like, oh, there's red tape everywhere. When the Rev calls 911, he's like, yeah, I'll hold. Which I'm pretty sure... You, you never... I, I've never called 911, so I don't really know. I think it depends on the where, on where you are. But, like, I would think something in California, you wouldn't have some, um, like, 911 being on hold. It depends on, like, what area of the country you're in. You might be put on hold. Well, if they're in, like, but I think metropolitan in, like, a, yeah, California. Met, yeah, so I don't think that would be an issue. But, um, anyway, so now the Rev is taking him to the hospital. Um, somewhere in the middle here, I think Lucy comes home, isn't t- tells Annie and Mary that she's not able to return the sweater. Annie's like, I'll do it. Um, so Annie goes to the store, and we have... And Annie is terrible. Annie tries to start, like, first with being polite. The woman's like, like, I told your daughter I can't do this. And then 
Annie goes on a fucking tirade in the middle of the store. And she's like, what happened to stores standing behind their merchandise? She goes, what happens to truth, justice, and the American way of stores accepting returns? So she decided to co-op the Superman lo- <laughs> like theme thing, motto, and make it her own. And all these people in the store like start cheering her on. Um, so, but the thing is, the store clerk decides that she's not going to fucking stand there and take it. And she's totally right. She's like, oh, well, shoplifters would come and steal stuff and then return it for cash. And we were losing, like, store owners were losing money. So that's why you need a receipt to return stuff so that you don't steal it and then try to return it for cash. And then Annie's like, realize, yeah, oops. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) She, like... Is shut down, basically. All of the other customers leave the store. <laughs> Which I thought was very strange. Um, I guess I, they all felt like idiots, too. Well, I think what it was that they were offended by the fact that the store clerk decided to speak up for herself. So, like, it was Annie's fault, basically. Everything's Annie's fault. Um, Annie decides that the way to fix this is to buy this woman a cup of coffee. And this woman acts like everything is forgiven because of that. Oh, well, and she also fucking returns oh, the yeah, sweater. Oh, yeah, the woman takes the sweater <laughs> yeah. back. Which, uh, in what real world does this ever happen? Never. This is not real world. This is Seventh Heaven. This is Brenda Hampton verse. But this isn't fucking fantasy or sci-fi. Like Hampton verse. <laughs> um, while this is happening, we're back at the hospital, and the hospital won't let, won't see Mr. Smith because he doesn't have his insurance information. Which is with also him. like bullshit because hospitals love people without insurance because then they send like the thousand. Thousands of dollars bill later, and they don't stop harassing you. So this like nurse says, I can't see him until he sees until I see his insurance or that he's employed. And also, if this man like died in the hospital waiting room, like they would all be in so much shit. So the rev runs back or drives back or whatever to his office, gets his insurance information, comes back. But and while gives he's it there, he also picks up Harriet's file. Right. Yep. Um, we. I think. We get, like, an interlude here where Mac comes home um, with the girls or something, and Dina Nash is called, and everything's great. He's so happy. Because Dina's called, and great. Um, back to the hospital. We find out that it wasn't a heart attack. It was... Heartburn. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So this man... So the Rev decides... To he, exploit... Th- yeah, the fact that this guy thinks he's just had a heart attack is maybe, like, on his deathbed. Um, and he's like... Yeah, he, like, asks the doctor not to tell this guy that he's not gonna die yet. So what he does is, like, basically makes this man feel guilty. He's like, look at what you've done with your life so far. You can make it better if you decide to fix Harriet Fields' case. Uh, and then he, like, adds on top of it by getting Harriet and Clarence to come to the hospital. (laughs) Yeah, and they show up to his room. And, like, give you an even bigger guilt trip. And he's like, don't worry, Harriet, I'm going to fix this for you. If it's the last thing I do, I'm going to fix this for you. He's like, there's going to be a lot of red tape, but I'm going to cut through it all. And he goes, I'm going to make sure that you get a big check, like a big refund back. Yeah. Which this man surely cannot do on his own. Uh, then the hospital man comes in, i.e. Um, the doctor, and tells, I don't know why I called him a hospital man, tells him that it was only heartburn. Yeah. And, yeah. But this guy still has, like, made this promise, and, like, yeah, whatever. Uh, newspaper guy also, at some point, Leonard, comes over and says um, that he's the one that put the personal ad in to try to boost people using the personal ads in. Because he's, like, a weirdo, and he wants to... He's like, I thought if a cool guy like you, which we've heard that Matt is like so many different things. He's like a loner. He's a cool guy. Uh, I don't know. He's a bad boy. Yeah. So 
Anyway, after, um, well, and then Mary and Lucy are like, well, tell him the truth about why you don't care now. It's because Dina actually called you, so basically you kind of got the result you wanted. But when he leaves, we find out that Mary got Dina to call by doing her math homework. I guess that Mary is friends with Dina. Maybe Dina's on the basketball team. Who knows? Uh, uh, also, at some point, I guess to finish out all the storylines, um, the boots get delivered, Annie finds them. <laughs> um, Annie has a very bad experience with the operator. Uh, because the operator's like, unless you have a really smart dog, I don't think, you know... You don't need to cancel that card because your dog... Like, the op- operator, again, is awful. Also, she's wearing some ridiculous outfit. Very, um, like, she looks like Y2K a aesthetic. She, uh, she looks like a clown. So. Like, I thought of, like, the big comfy couch and the clown on the big comfy couch. Sorry. Um, you're really sidetracked there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Oh, yeah, so. She's also awful to keep up with the service industry uh, employees not doing their jobs. Um, anyway, the boot, we, the boots end up being on Happy's feet. Uh, and then, like, it's a big joke, because when Ruthie and Simon get home from school, uh, Annie calls Happy into the kitchen, and the kids are like, oh, no, and then... We've been caught. Annie basically is like, don't do that again. Like, they don't get in trouble. Um, and no. Annie is like, don't do that again. They get in trouble for the stupidest things, and then when they actually do things that are wrong, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing happens. Um, but honestly, that's it. That's it. I'm pretty sure we covered all the, yeah, I covered all the storylines. So, even though... What a flat ending to the IRS storyline. Yeah. Okay, so here's what happened, right? Um, even though the, none of the people in this episode were in the right, except maybe Harriet Fields with her IRS problem, everybody got, like, their things back. The sweater got returned. Um, the IRS man is gonna, like... Change his life. Um, the personal ad is fine. The boots are fine. Like, I don't, under- I don't <laughs> yeah. understand. What is what's the point of this episode? It, like, and why? So tell you the value of saying please and thank you, but also then showing all of the Camdens being terrible human beings and not putting any of that into practice, but still getting what they want without being nice yeah. to a single person. And, like, I, what... Is this the kind of, like, things that they should be showing on, like, television about, like, people in the service industry being, like, nasty people? Like, what? I don't know. Like, people in the service industry are already, already get shit for, like, you know, like, if you work in, uh, if you work in a mall or if you work at, like, a restaurant or if you are a waiter or a waitress or, like, at, like, a fast food chain. I don't care. Whoever, the people who work for the IRS are still terrible. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just talking about all the other people here were sh- shown in such a bad light, and that ma- makes me very angry. Well, I mean, Harriet was being awful. And well, also, yeah, yeah. the guy who owned the restaurant was terrible if he really did charge the employees for, like, substitutions. Yeah, but all, like, basically what they were trying to do with the writing was to make But the I think king- in the end, they try to make it all, be- like... Harriet ends up having a justification for why she was awful. Then at the end, with the shop owner, it's like, oh, oh it's because like, right, right. shoplifters. I like, so. I don't do this because it's not like an arbitrary policy. I think it's supposed to be that Annie... I think it's supposed to put the Camdens in their place because Annie was like, oh, no one is nice anymore, blah, blah, blah. And it's because they were, like, wronged by other people or because it's just, like, I don't know, burned. Like, it's it's it's... 
I don't know. It's not in anyone's interest for them to do any favors because no one's doing them any favors. I saw it as, well, I think you're right, actually, because I think I was blindsided by this, but I saw it as, like, they were trying to make the Camdens look like the good guys here and everybody else looked like the bad guys. No, Annie definitely got put in her place. No, you're right. Annie did get put in her place. And so did, I guess, Harriet also, like, Harriet, or the Rev, I guess, got put in put in his place by Harriet, but... Yeah, but the whole... I guess... And Harriet was, like, the only one in the right. Um, but they And they kind of, like, exacted, like, their, you know, they got justice but against I guess the IRS. the point is that this... I don't, like, I don't have many interactions with the IRS. I pay my taxes. So, like, I don't need any interactions with the IRS, but, the like... The fake IRS called me for a while there, and we're like, you violated the tax code. And I was like, okay. <laughs> What part? And then they were like, the tax code. <laughs> uh, my dad also had interactions with the fake IRS, and he decided to curse them out in Hindi because... Because uh, they're all in India? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and it was great because that's where my dad gets his uh, anger issues out. <laughs> well, I just yelled at them, and I told them that I was, like, recording the conversation and that I was going to be calling the police when I hung up with them. And then they never called me back, and it was great. And I was like, wow, it really worked. They really did get, a, get scared. But the point is... It's not that easy to beat the IRS. And also, you shouldn't be fucking, like, using a hospital situation. Right, using this... This guy thinks he, like, might die, and you're like, hey, now's a great time to turn your life around and be like, nice. Like, that's so manipulative. Yes. And evil. Would not recommend. Nope. Uh, so what would you rate this, Aaron? Oh, jeez. Uh, like, a three? Oh, really? I was gonna give this, like, a two. Oh, okay. I didn't even think I was being that generous. Um, I'm gonna give this a two. Yeah, I'll give it a... Th- no, I want to give it like a two point. I didn't enjoy. It was it was hard to watch. Well, you saw me. I was having issues watching this episode. It was like two uh, ah, two point five. There we go. Final answer. <laughs> okay. Um, so. Oh, uh, most importantly, who gives a shit about this episode? We have an Instagram, as we mentioned in our last in our last uh, episode. It's called at it's Camden Cash Show. Follow us on Instagram uh, for all the fun stuff you can get there. Um, you can see, like, a picture of the Rev with next to the photo of Bill Clinton. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, all the other gems. Um, so, and do all the other stuff, too. We still have all the other social media. Follow us on Twitter and uh, like us on Facebook. And that's about it. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this was Camcast. Cast.